bless you, buddy. Hallelujah. Thank you. Give your pastors a, a hand of appreciation, if you will. I've often said uh, there's nothing I wouldn't do for Brother and Sister Dosick, and there's nothing that the Dosicks would not do for the Shuttlesworths. So for the last 40 years, we've done absolutely nothing for each other. <laughs> That's not true. He preached a powerful message at our church a few months ago on uh, the seed. And uh, I love to hear good preaching and good teaching. And let me tell you, you have one of the finest Preachers, pastors, teachers of the word, anywhere. Anywhere. I've heard them all. And I grew up in Pentecost. I grew up, you can turn this on too. I might want to sing here and uh, then we'll dismiss. No. This song keeps going over my spirit. It is no secret what God can do. What he's done for others, he'll do for you. There is no respect of persons with God. If we'll get that in our spirit, we'll reach more people around the world. My father taught us, and he's with the Lord now five years. He was a Pentecostal preacher. He was a preacher's preacher, preached camp meetings, raised money. Before there was the prosperity gospel, <laughs> he believed it, and he lived it, and he was a giver of givers. And he taught all of his sons how to treat people. For the Bible, one of the golden rules is that you're to treat others as you would want to be treated yourself. And uh, love yourself, and then you can love everybody else. If you don't love you, you'll never have the privilege and honor to love anybody else. Most people can't love because they don't love who they are. And I'm not talking about egotism. I'm not talking about those things of the flesh and pride. I'm talking about loving who God made. God made you in His image and in His likeness. You are His. Amen. You're not junk. You're king's kids. You're royalty. Through the new birth, Jesus died for you. And here's what I always like. We're heirs of the Father. Join heirs with the Son. Square your shoulders and lift your head. For the Bible even says lift your eyes and lift your head unto the hills. Your eyes under the hills from whence cometh your help. Your help cometh from the Lord God Almighty. So we're here today to lift up the name of Jesus, to honor your pastors. I love the vision that uh, they have for this house, for this area. And what God has done is miraculous here in the Ohio cornfields of Botkins, Ohio. Amen. Can you say amen? And you ought to give the Lord praise for the blessing that you have in this cornfield. Hallelujah. I always think of that scripture in the Gospels. Except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Look at the fruit of this seed of corn. <laughs> Can you say glory to God? Hallelujah. Just lift your hands in the house of the Lord today. Praise the Lord. We've had some church already, I'll tell you. I've just been just uh, blessed by this music, the worship, people around the altar. 
tongues, interpretation of tongues. I mean, we've had church. And you ought to thank God. That doesn't happen anywhere. It doesn't happen much anywhere. It's happening right here. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Oh, it is no secret what God can do, what is done for others. He wants to do just for you. And with arms wide open, He will pardon you. For it is no secret what God can do. Oh, it is no secret what God can do. What is done for others, He will do it for you. And with arms wide open, He will pardon you. For it is no secret what God can do. For it is no secret what God can do. Hallelujah. brought my girlfriend, girlfriend with me today, my wife of 38 years. Gwen, would you stand? <laughs> two children, Matt and, and uh, Michaela, and two gr uh, grandchildren, Charlie Rose and London Allen. And uh, we don't get to see them much. They live in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. But uh, thank God for technology and FaceTime. Praise God. <laughs> love life. Love to live life. You know, I'm a, a practical pastor and preacher. If it's not practical, it can never be profitable. If you can't use it when you leave this church, forget about it. And if you're from New York, forget about it. Forget about it. God is a God of principle and principles. And that's what I've been taught. My father said everybody is somebody to Jesus. Everybody. Doesn't matter who you find. If you find a person in the gutter, they're somebody to Jesus. And we need to realize that in this last hour. When there's such divisive spirits in our country. I hate them. It's spirit of lawlessness. It's attached to spirit of lawlessness. It's, it's attached to the spirit of the Antichrist. But the church, through the Holy Spirit, is a unified church. Praise God. Everybody is somebody to Jesus. Glory to God. Just lift your hand and say, I'm somebody to Jesus. I'm somebody in this church. I don't care if you sing or if you, if you go out and you're, you, know, you clean the church. One of my favorite people uh, in my church is the one that cleans it. People come in and go, wow, everything's in order. It's so wonderful. It just There's a peace with this order and cleanliness. And I feel it here. And everybody has their part to play in the local church. So don't ever think you're 
not valuable. You are valuable to God and the kingdom. It doesn't matter what you do here. Do it for the glory of God. Amen. So today I want to just speak about a principle that I believe will help us in this uh, season of Thanksgiving and your second year in offering God Thanksgiving for the church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Amen. There we go. The gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I've, I've got news for you. Hell cannot have this church. And I will tell you this. This church will be packed before the Lord comes back. I can tell you that. And I'd even go so, so far to say is a couple times on a Sunday, if you dare to believe. It all depends how much seed you sow. Amen? Appreciation is the seed to access. How many of you are looking for a miracle from God or a visitation or a breakthrough, salvation of a loved one, a new job, something you're looking to God for? Let me see your hand. Don't be ashamed. We all are. And I'm going to tell you something today that's not a secret. It's through the Bible, and I only have enough time to maybe mention a couple or a few. But I'm going, and I, you know, the old preachers used to start in the Old Testament and end in the New. Because the New Testament is concealed in the Old. Can you say amen? And the Old Testament is revealed in the New. So it's all one. A lot of preachers won't go to the Old, but I'm so glad for the Old Covenant because it brings me into the realization of the New Covenant. And Jesus is the new covenant and everything that is spoken concerning the Old Testament is revealed in the Christ of the New Testament. And so in the Old Testament, let us go now to the book of 2 Kings chapter 4. And uh, there's a man of God, a prophet. Not a self-made prophet. Not a self-named prophet. But a God-anointed called prophet. Amen. I don't listen to everybody who has prophet in front of their name. And I don't want to get into that now, but I know true prophets. One day, Elisha went to the town of Shunem. A wealthy woman lived there. Once again, if you're marking down some notes, it's appreciation or honor, thanksgiving. You can throw whatever word you want in there. Appreciation is the seed to access. How do I access the presence and the power and the place of God in my life? Do I have to put in so many hours in church? What do I have to do to access the blessing of God? And through this Bible, you'll find there are ways, specific ways you can access miracles from God. Here's one of them. A wealthy woman lived in Shunem. God's not opposed to people being wealthy. Let's just get that straight. Amen. And I hope Jesse Duplantis gets five planes. <laughs> we were talking about that, Pastor and I, about, uh, you know, people chime in on Facebook and the social media about, you know, oh, oh and, and don't, don't mess with me when it comes to preachers and the ones that I know are doing something for God. 
Amen. I don't know Jesse uh, personally. I know those who do. I think your pastor does. And uh, I don't feel like I need to defend anybody. But I'll tell you what. I'm believing God that this is going to be the greatest day in the history of the church financially for the people of God and for the church worldwide. I'm telling you, God is about to uh, turn the wealth of the wicked over to the righteous like we have never seen before. And I'm going to give you a way to get that for yourself because the righteous, only the righteous receive the wealth of the wicked for the glory of God and the upbuilding of the kingdom. So here's this prophet. He goes to Shunem. There's a wealthy woman that lives there and she urged him to come to her home for a meal. After that, whenever he passed that way, he would stop there for something to eat. She said to her husband, I am sure this man who stops in from time to time is a holy man of God. Verse 10, don't miss this. Let's build a small room for him on the roof. And that is a typical uh, thing in the Middle East. They kept building up and they had rooms above the main rooms. And we're going to build, let's build a room for him on the roof and furnish it with a bed, a table, and a chair, and a lamp. And there's a message in there I won't get to, but then he will have a place to stay whenever he comes by. It doesn't matter. We're going to give him the key to his own room because he's, a, he's an important man of God. Oh, I'm wealthy, but he's got something I don't have. Someone say, praise God. One day, Elisha returned to Shunem, and he went up to this upper room to rest. He said to his servant, Gehazi, tell the woman from Shunem I want to speak to her. Now, this is a real man of God, and this is a real prophet. Real prophets don't take from you. They're looking to give to you. So these prophets that get on TV and try to get your money for whatever, let me tell you something. A real prophet's looking to give to you. I'm going to stop right there and say, when I went to the church I'm at now, the Lord said, a lot of people around here in West Virginia look at preachers like this. What kind of deal are you going to give the church? What you got for me? He said, I want you to be different. He says, I want you to turn your hand over like this and I want you to tell everybody what can I do for you he said but put something in your hand to give I said yes sir I'll do it and I said Lord I want to make a covenant with you I don't want to ever have to worry about money as a pastor in the church I don't want to have to run back to the office to find out what came in the offering like a lot of preachers, oh, God's moving by His Spirit. It's been wonderful. It's a wonderful day. We had great worship. We had a great word. We had just a great time in the Lord. And then when they say the benediction, they're off to find out what came in the offering. That's human nature. But I said, Lord, I don't ever have to want, I don't want to worry. I came into the church I'm at in 1990, had a big mortgage. It was paid off years ago. I made up my mind. We're paying stuff off. Then I, we went up and started building a big uh, center, a big gymnasium, the Ina Pittman Family Center. My great aunt was the first pastor of the church. We paid it off about three years ago. It was over $500,000, and we put a lot of cash in up front. It's insured for a million and a half dollars. It's all paid for. We owe nothing. 
at the church. Nothing. Why? Because I heard the Lord say, you be this and stop being this. The Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive, but it doesn't say it's not, ble it's not a blessing to receive. See, everybody thinks they, they read into something that's not there. It is more blessed to give. It doesn't say it's a blessing to receive. There's blessing in receiving. But there's a greater blessing in giving because if you'll perpetuate the giving process, it'll perpetuate the receiving process. I'm going back to 2 Kings, don't worry. I walked into a pizza, pizza hut with my wife one night years ago. And there was two gentlemen there that are businessmen. They're both, well, you know, well off. They were eating pizza and I sat down. And I know them. I've played golf with them and they know who I was. And I greeted them coming in. How are you doing, Pastor Tim? Fine. How are you guys doing? Fine. Didn't want to interrupt them too much because they looked like they were, in, you know, heavy conversation. But I'm sitting there, Lord said, pick up their tab. And in my spirit, I'm going, Lord, they should be picking up my tab. You know, in my flesh, not my spirit, my flesh. Lord said, pick up their tab. Okay. So I got the waitress, I said, I want their tab. So she brought the tab. I paid for it on my way out. They stopped me. Pastor Tim, what did you do that for? They're like mad at me. I said, I just... I felt that the Lord wanted me to just bless you. I said, you bless the community with your service, with your businesses. And I just wanted to, I just wanted to say thank you and appreciate your, your talent and your time for this community to make the community better. I just wanted to say thank you. Well, Pastor Tim, we should have picked up your tab. I said, let me ask you a question. When's the last time a pastor or a preacher in this community ever paid for your meal? They looked at each other and said, never. I said, and that's the problem. That's the problem. We need to be different. We need to sow different. We need to hear different. Praise God. <laughs> you know, I don't have the money they had, but I had a God. They're both Catholic in their background. They're upraising. So, you know, they have their form of godliness. But the power of God will produce when forms won't. And so we're going to have to be a little wiser than men in our spirit because people are looking to the church for help. And if the church is always like this, they're going to stay home. So we're not here to take, we're here to receive. There's, there's a difference. God doesn't take anything from anybody that they're not willing to give. The Bible says, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Well, you can talk about the Old Testament, but in the New Realm, in the New Testament, God wants a cheerful giver. God will not take or wrest from you anything you're not willing to give. So here in this wonderful story of the Old Testament, this prophet, Elisha, is going up to his room and he says, you know what, this woman is different in her thinking about ministry about what I do, about my calling. So tell the woman from Shuna, I want to speak to her. When she appeared, Elisha said to Gehazi, tell her, we appreciate the kind concern she has shown us. She has placed a value on my life and on my calling and on my gifting to the point where, as a wealthy woman, she wanted to do something significant for me. That when I'm tired and traveling these dusty roads, I have a place I can come and go in and rest and study and, and pray and be ready for the next meeting and the next prophecy.
something about this woman. Oh, you women ought to shout right now because this woman is being told about through all of time and the preaching of the gospel. So uh, we appreciate the concern you have shown us. What can we do for you? That's the prophet and his armor bearer, Gehazi. Tell her we want to do something for her. That's the way true men and women of God ought to act. It's the law of reciprocity. The reciprocal, the sowing and the reaping. Hallelujah. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Not just sowing to the flesh. Oh yeah, we've all reaped of the flesh, haven't we? But sowing to the Spirit will garner and bring to you the blessings of God throughout your life. <laughs> what can we do for you? Can we put a good word in for you to the king? Oh, they know the king, the president, or, or the commander of the army. If you ever need a little help, a little muscle, can we put in a good word for you to protect your property? What can we do? I have connections. Real men of God have connections. Hallelujah. We don't walk in cockiness, we walk in confidence. We square our shoulders, we walk, but we don't miss our opportunity to minister to the one who's down and out. Shout hallelujah. We're not so arrogant and prideful that we pass by on the other side of the man who was beat up by the robbers. We are the certain Samaritans that shouldn't stop, but we do stop. Hallelujah. And it doesn't matter what we're wearing. If a man needs a coat, we take off our coat, whether it's bought at JCPenney or whether it's custom fit and custom made, we'll take it off and sew it into the life of someone to make their life better. That's the church. That's only believe ministries. You've seen it on the screen today from Nehru. I, I ministered there in 1995. It was a tough place back then. A lot of oppression there. A lot of devils there. But you go right into the teeth of the lion. You go right into the teeth of hell and you take souls out. Because you care about people more than you care about things and stuff. But the prophet said, what can we do for this woman? Can we do this? Oh, no, she replied. My family takes good care of me. Later, Elisha asked Gehazi, what can we do for her? I'm not happy coming up to this room she built for me without reciprocating, without doing something to bless her. I know she's wealthy and doesn't need my money, but there's something God wants to do for this woman because she showed appreciation and she has, she has gained access into the power of God. What do you want from God today? What do you need from God today? You just can't sit there and hope and wish and blow out a few candles at your birthday time and hope God will come through for you with that wish. There's a way to access the presence and the power of God. It's through the spirit of appreciation, honor, and respect. So the prophet, he didn't just say, well, I deserve that. Too bad she didn't put in a little more, uh, you know, fancy stuff in here. She could have decorated it a little nicer. He didn't complain. He was grateful. Nobody ever did that for him. Call her back. Elisha told Gehazi. And when the woman returned, Elisha said to her as she stood in the doorway, well, of course, Gehazi found out she didn't have a son and her husband is an old man 
And, you know, most women in that time and, and day were not validated in life or society without a man-child, without a son. She didn't have one. So the prophet goes, aha, I got something here. Her honor, her appreciation is going to gain for her something that no man can do for her. She's going to receive a miracle. So she stood in the door, <laughs> Elisha said, when she returned, Next year, at this time, you will be holding a son in your arms. There's a real prophet right there. How did that come about? Through her attitude and spirit of appreciation for the anointing, for the man of God. You can't, you can't just come up with a man child with an old man. Obviously, you know, he might have married her for her mother, money. But she didn't have a child. She could buy everything or anything she wanted, but she couldn't buy what she needed, what she desired, a man-child. So God said, I'll give her a man-child. So she received what, she, what the man of God spoke. How many want your pastor to speak over you things like this on Sundays? And I know he does, and she does. How many are glad that they can speak over you things that you don't have that are coming in the anointing of appreciation? Amen. Glory be to God. I said, glory, I feel this in my spirit. <laughs> Somebody's about to break through into a miracle in this house on this Thanksgiving appreciation for the church, the house, appreciating the house and the anointing of the church in Botkins, Ohio. Something's about to break loose for you, for you. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Lift your hand and say, I'm going to receive what no man can give to me but only God. And I'm going to get my attitude right about the things of God right now in this church so that when I begin to move in the anointing of the Spirit to appreciate the things of God, the man of God, the woman of God, the things of God, I'm going to access the presence of God, the power of God, the place of God. Hallelujah. And I'm going to walk out of here with a promise fulfilled. Hallelujah. Not no amount of money can buy what you're looking for. It's in the spirit of honor, the spirit of appreciation. My God, I feel that Holy Ghost. <laughs> my Lord, no, my Lord, she cried. Oh, man of God, don't deceive me. Don't be joking with me and get my hopes up about this boy. But sure enough, the woman soon became pregnant at that time. And at that time, the following year, she had a son, just as Elisha had said. The power of appreciation. And we know the rest of the story. One day when her child was older, he went out to, his, to help his father in the field, working with the harvesters. Suddenly he cried out, oh, my head, my head, my head hurts. His father said to one of the servants, carry him home to his mother. Isn't that what all fathers say? Take the child back to mom. So, so the servant took him home his mother held him on her lap but around noontime he died oh no the miracle died you can receive a miracle and if you don't tend to it and if you don't pray and, and intercede and, and take care of that miracle the enemy will try to come in and rob it from you and say it really wasn't legitimate right. when God gives you something it's legitimate I don't care what the devil says I don't care what the facts say. <laughs> the boy dies. Mm. She carried him 
up and laid him on the bed of the man of God. She took him up to the chamber she had built for the man of God, laid him on the bed of the man of God, then shut the door and left him there. She sent a message to her husband, send one of the servants and get, a, get the donkey, get my Ferrari so that I can hurry to the man of God and come right back. Why go today, he asked. It's neither a new moon festival nor a Sabbath. But she said, it is well, it shall be all right. So she spoke a word of faith. That's how you maintain a miracle. You keep speaking faith over it. It is well when it doesn't look well. Nothing of the factual realm seems right. I want you to know facts are lies compared to the truth of the word of God. Once I was lost, but now I'm found. The fact was I was born into sin, shaping in iniquity. But through the power of Christ and confession of my sins and the reception of Christ in my soul by my confession, the facts were turned into truth. Now I'm a born-again believing son of the living God. Hallelujah. That's the truth. And the truth sets you free every day. Keep speaking the word over your miracle. <laughs> She saddled the donkey and said to her servant, Hurry, don't slow down unless I tell you to. And as she approached the man of God at Mount Carmel, Elisha saw her in the distance. He said to Gehazi, Look, the woman from Shunem is coming. Run out to meet her and ask her, Is everything all right with you, your husband, and your child? Oh, the men of God, they have this anointing of discernment. So he goes out to ask her. Yes, the woman told Gehazi, Everything is fine. Mm-mm-mm. You've got to lay the groundwork. When she came to the man of God at the mountain, she fell to the ground before him and caught hold of his feet. Gehazi began to push her away, but the man of God said, leave her alone. She's deeply troubled, but the Lord has not told me what it is. So sometimes prophets don't receive a word from the Lord immediately. Now hear this. The woman wouldn't speak her trouble to just anybody. Why should you? You tell your need to the anointed. For the anointing, the anointed one is Jesus. Don't be telling your troubles to even people of your family. Don't just announce on Facebook what's troubling you. Hold it in and speak words of, if you have to speak to anybody else, speak words of faith and speak it as well. Whether you feel like it's an outright lie or not, if you know it's faith, keep speaking it. Don't worry what people think. So she told the man of God. Then she said, did I ask you for a son, my Lord? And didn't I say don't deceive me and get my hopes up? Then Elisha said to Gehazi, I get ready to travel. Take my staff and go. Don't talk to anyone. Along the way, go quickly lay the staff on the child's face. But the boy's mother said, As surely as the Lord lives and you also or yourself live, I won't go home unless you go with me. So Elisha returned with her. Gehazi, see, this is what happens. Whenever you have appreciation and you show it, and with whatever gift that's in you, money, wealth, whatever, as you sow it into the kingdom, you will always have access to the presence of God. Notice the man of God left what he was doing and went home with her. Why? Because she appreciated him. So she always had access to the power of God through the man of God. That's why it's very detrimental and very dangerous to speak a word against the prophet of your house. 
the prophet of this house. Amen. If you've got a problem, take it to God in prayer. Get your mind right. Get your peace right. Get your attitude right. Get your appreciation right. Can you shout hallelujah, somebody? Hmm. So Gehazi did hurried ahead, laid the staff on the child's faith, but nothing happened. There was no sign of life. He returned to meet Elisha and told him the child is still dead. Well, the staff always represents the staff of life, represents the word of God, the rod of God. Moses had a rod. Jesus is the rod from the stem of Jesse. Can you shout hallelujah? Put my staff, put the rod, put the word on the child. Keep speaking the word even over a dead situation. And watch what I'll do. When Elisha arrived, the child was indeed dead, lying there on the prophet's bed. He went in alone and shut the door behind him and prayed to the Lord. Then he laid down on the child's body, placing his mouth on the child's mouth, his eyes on the child's eyes, and his hands on the child's hands. And as he stretched out on him, the child's body began to grow warm again. <laughs> Elisha got up, walked back and forth across the room once and then stretched himself out again on the child this time the boy sneezed seven times perfection and opened his eyes then Elisha summoned Gehazi called the child's mother he said and when she came in Elisha said here take your son she fell at his feet and bowed before him overwhelmed with the gratitude then she took her son in her arms and carried him downstairs hallelujah lift your hands and shout what God does for one he can do for all you're in a desperate situation. What do I do, preacher? What do I do? Access the power of God through the spirit of honor, appreciation. And watch what God will do. Do something out of the ordinary. Can I give you one in the New Testament? And I'll, there's so many in the Bible. I'm just going to pick out two. In the mouth of two or three witnesses, let everything be established. So I'll take one from the old, and now I'm going to go to the new. Say this, appreciation, appreciation. Is, my is my seed to access. I'm going to get this this morning. <laughs> Luke 7. You still with me? I tell you, I feel something in here. I said, I feel something going on in here. Glory be to God. Luke 7. Praise God. How many get ready for something to happen that up until this time has not happened? Luke 7. Hallelujah. Verse 1, when Jesus had finished saying all this to the people, he was talking about building a solid foundation. He's talking about the tree and its fruit, talking about not judging others, loving your enemies. So after he'd finished saying a lot of things, he returned to Capernaum. At that time, the highly valued slave employee of, an, of a Roman officer was sick and near death. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slave. So these Jewish elders earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. Now that in and of itself is miraculous. Because not a lot of Jewish leaders pursue Jesus. 
But there was a reason they pursued Jesus, not because of Jesus necessarily, but because of the request of the Roman centurion. And why would they do that for a centurion, a Roman nonetheless, by the Romans' occupation in the land of Palestine or Israel? They had added taxes upon their already strained wallets because the temple demanded taxes, asked for offerings and taxes and tithes. Now the Romans demanded tithes for the Caesar in Rome. So here's these Jewish leaders. Something happens. At the request of a Roman centurion, they go to find Jesus. Now watch this. When the officer heard about Jesus, he sent some respected Jewish elders to ask him to come and heal his slaves, so they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man. And if anyone deserves your help, he does, they said. If anyone deserves your help, he does, they said. For number one, here's the reason, for he loves the Jewish people. You have to underline that, loves the Jewish people. Pray for the peace of Jerusalem, so shall you prosper who loveth thee. I'm glad the uh, embassy was moved from Tel Aviv to Jerusalem. So many had said they would do it, and they didn't do it because of political pressures uh, from the other side of the world. But we have a president that said we're moving it no matter. They moved it. Prophecy fulfilled. Recognizing the state of Israel to be a state, to be a nation with their homeland and their capital city being Jerusalem. Jerusalem is the capital city of the Jews only. I've been there three times. I'm not being political, I'm just saying the Bible said in the prophecy and the promise and the covenant of God to Abraham, in thee shall all the families of the earth be blessed. Why is that? Because ultimately out of the loins of Abraham comes Jesus, the Savior of the world and the Messiah of Israel. And he said, <laughs> he said, you're going to be a blessing to everybody. Amen. Lift your hand and say, we're a blessing to everybody. And the same promise that was made to Abraham is made fulfilled in the church through Christ. The blessings of Abraham comes upon us, the saints, by faith in Christ, who's the fulfillment of the covenant. God had to have a man to legitimately put somebody in the earth to be a redeemer, and he couldn't do it just by throwing somebody on the earth and doing it and overriding the authority of Satan himself that was given the authority of the earth by Adam. Adam was given the authority of the earth, but he turned it over willingly to Satan, and God is such a God of justice and equity. He's such a God of honesty and integrity that he wouldn't even wrest the authority of the earth away from Satan. So he said, I'm going to do it legitimately. I'm going to do it legally. But I'm going to have to have a man in the flesh to do it. Whereas the first Adam, the, the one Adam sold it out and gave it away like Esau gave away his birthright. Adam gave away his birthright. But, but the Lord said, I have a plan to get it back for man. So I'm going to send another Adam. I'm going to send the last Adam, the second Adam. And he's going to be a, a living, breathing spirit. And he's going to legitimately gain the access through his obedience to me. He's going to have access to my power and redemption and forgiveness to buy back legally the authority and give it over to the man again. Shout hallelujah. 
So through Abraham's covenant, Abraham was a man of faith. He left wealth in the Ur of the Chaldees. They have excavated the Ur of the Chaldees over in, in that part of the world, which is Iraq, Iran area. Found out that Abraham left wealth, mansions, party rooms in every home, pools, wealth unimaginable. He left that to find a city to look for a city who hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. God said, if you'll leave this behind, I got something better for you than what you're living in. He didn't leave poverty, he left wealth. He left substance. Come on, say amen, somebody. And he followed God in, a, in faith and said, my, you got something better than this? I thought this was good. And you say, you got a city for me? You got a place for me that's better than this? That you're going to make me a, the father of many nations? And, and, mm, I can't do that with the DNA of my flesh. But if that's what you say, God, I'm going to follow you. And Abraham followed God. Took Isaac, his first promised son, laughter up to a mountain and gave him an appreciation back to God knowing that God would have to raise him up from that altar if he, or if he killed him in sacrifice. Oh, somebody say he had faith for resurrection before it was ever known to be a part of the plan of God. Oh, that's in Hebrew. Shout hallelujah. Glory to God. And Abraham showed appreciation for God by taking his only son to a mountain, which is a type of Christ. Abraham, a type of the attitude and place of God in authority. And God gave his only son to die for us to gain back the authority of the earth. And now through Christ, let me tell you the reason that America hasn't been overrun by all of these skeptics and all of these globalists and all of these liberalists. I'll tell you why. Because the church of authority is still here. We're still preaching. We're still praying. We still have power. And their minds can't comprehend the power of the believer in America. Hallelujah. Here's my philosophy. Let's make the church great again. Not just America. Make the church great again. Square your shoulders. Honor your God. Honor the man of God. God so loved us that he gave. He didn't just give anything. He gave his only begotten son. Women who were filled with devils. Filled with trouble, trial, and many messed up men were delivered of demons by Jesus. And there were three anointings of Christ. One woman gave a year's salary, comparable to a day's salary, in the ointment, the perfume of the alabaster box. She broke it. She didn't just pour it. She broke it. Hallelujah. Somebody say gratitude, thanksgiving, gratitude. appreciation. My God, Hallelujah. And they get all over her case because, oh, that's a lot of money. She wasted, what? Wasting that anointing on Jesus? What can you waste on Jesus? Nothing. He left the splendors of glory. He left heaven his home. He left his father. He left the angels. He left it all and took on the form of sinful flesh and overcame sin in the flesh. Hallelujah. And lived a life of obedience and gratitude to the Father. Spoke to his daddy every day and never said one mumbling word to anybody but what he first heard his father say to him. It wasn't about his ego. It was about the kingdom. It was about gaining back authority. 
How many want to gain back authority on your neighbor, in your neighborhood, on your street, in your family, in your mind, on your job? And I got news for the liberals. I got news for the, the lawless generation that is going to welcome the Antichrist back into this earth to rule and reign. Are you listening to me? And they can have him. I got Jesus. I don't have an anti. I got the Christ. I'm not talking about the Antichrist as anybody. I got Jesus. When he comes, he's going to put all rule and authority under his feet. And I'm serving him right now. Hallelujah. So this Roman centurion, he said, I need a miracle. So the first thing they said to Jesus, number one, he loves our people. He's washed us in worship. He has observed how we honor you in all that we do, and he's impressed. So he's decided to embrace what we believe. And not only that, I think he's been following you. But secondly, here's the second thing about appreciation. The centurion built for us a church. One man in the Roman Empire who's a centurion in authority, who has men under him that understands how authority works, he says... I say to one to do this, he goes and does it. Say the one to do this, he goes and does that. He said, because of the authority I stand in under the authority of Roman the Caesar, and so I have authority to do what I do to prepare my men for battle. I must make sure their armament is ready. I must make sure they're fed, they're well rested, a place in their tent to sleep. I must oversee all of these men, a hundred men, soldiers, and take care of all the drills and everything that goes along with the army, I have authority and I know how that works. So I'm asking you in, in the anointing of that truth, please go ask the man that I know is a miracle man because I've heard about him. I've even watched him from afar perform miracles. I need help. I can't afford to lose this employee. He's too good. Ah, and so I need him to be well. Could you go get Jesus? So these men went. Why did they go? Because the centurion loved the Jewish people and it took money out of his own pocket to build a church. So they go to Jesus. Don't miss what I'm about to say. So they earnestly begged Jesus to help the man if anyone deserves and they said that. So Jesus went with them. I got to see a man from Rome that's doing this and that's thinking this way. I, I'm going with you. A Roman built you a church by himself. Yeah, I got to see that. Jesus went because he understood somebody's appreciating my people through actions, not just words, actions. Faith without works is dead being alone. <laughs> So Jesus went with them, but just before they arrived at the house, the officer sent some friends to say, Lord, don't trouble yourself by coming to my home, for I am not worthy of such an honor. Now, here's a man that understands honor. And you've honored me to come. I've asked for you to come. I didn't know, wasn't sure you'd come, but here you are. But I'm really, now that I think about it, not really worthy of you coming personally into my home. It's such an honor. Such an honor. We don't have miracles like you perform in, in Rome. I'm not even worthy to come and meet you. Mm. Just say the word from where you are. And my servant will be healed. Not I hope so. We're going to believe God for it. He said, I know if you'll just say the word, my servant will be healed. I know this because I'm a man under authority 
of my superior officers, and I have authority over my soldiers. And you know I already said that. When Jesus heard this man's words, he was amazed, turning to the crowd that was following him. He said, I tell you, I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. He equated the man's attitude and understanding of authority and acts of appreciation. He equated it to faith. He equated the man's actions, his love, appreciation for the people, and not only that, taking money out of his own pocket to build a synagogue for the Jews. Jesus said, and when he heard the words of the man who had authority, understanding authority, he said, this man has got it. He understands how faith works. So we can talk about faith all you want to talk about faith. Well, I have faith for it. Well, put some actions behind your faith. I could go through the Bible and tell you more. I could tell you about Acts 16. Paul and Silas in prison. One second before midnight, they started praising God. They said, you know, we're not going to let this lousy day end up in depression. So we're just going to start singing praises. So we're going to get the band. Maybe we should call the band now. I don't know how long it takes them all to get up here. I love the brass section, by the way. I play a trombone. So we're going to sing praises at midnight of all times. They didn't even have 24-7 TV. They didn't have CBN, ABC, NBC, looping the bad news 24-7. You keep listening to loop news, loopy news. Gets in your spirit, you come to church. Oh, pastor, did you hear about that? We are the church. Excuse me, we're the church. I'm an American citizen, legitimately, born into this nation. I love America. I salute the flag. I can sing the Star Spangled Banner. Not today. I can say the Pledge of Allegiance. And yes, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. I salute and honor the veterans of my nation who have gone to war. Many have laid down their lives. No greater love hath any man than this, than that a man would lay down his life for his friends, which is our nation. And I salute America, I love America, but I have another citizenship. Mm -hmm. I have a place I'm going, and there's a special place made for me called my mansion. In the Father's house are many mansions, many rooms, and they're not all going to be the cookie-cutter look-alike. I'm going to have a mansion that is specific, especially made for me. So that when you pass by, go, oh yeah, that's Tim Shuttlesworth's name, but his new name, and I don't know what my new name's going to be. But anyhow, you're going to look at that and say, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, yeah, that's his home. Yeah, the father built him a special place. I want diamond doorknobs, thank you very much. I've already put in my request, diamond doorknobs. Glory to God. And every handle, if whatever, how many doors are in there, I want, I want the finest of emeralds because that's my birthstone. I want the finest of emeralds. So when I open the door and go, yeah, in the flesh I was born in May, but in the spirit I was born again when I was six at the old-fashioned altar. <laughs> oh, 
I'm a heavenly citizen and so this earth is not my home. I'm just passing through but while I'm here I'm going to appreciate all the blessings of God in this nation. I pray for those in authority that I might lead a quiet and peaceable life. Oh, hallelujah. I'm not against people. I'm for people. I'm against demons. I'm against the devil. I'm against contrary spirits to this message. Hallelujah. I'm a man of appreciation. Therefore, I have access into many worlds. Shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. Whoa, glory to God. I'll tell you a personal story. When I was a kid, we went, I went to four high schools. There's only four years in high school. <laughs> and I didn't like moving. My dad would be done with the church and off he'd go because he had a specific anointing, an apostolic anointing to, to right the ship. So I didn't get any class ring. I had no one to connect to. In high school, I had friends and still remember some of them, but I've forgotten most of them because I've been out of school since 1974. <laughs> Y'all pray for me. I'm 62, but I get a faith lift every week. In fact, you can check me out on Facebook. I have a thing every Wednesday at 10 o'clock called Faith Lift Wednesday. Hallelujah. Am I looking okay for 62? The favor of the Lord, the blessing of God, maketh rich and addeth no sorrow with it. Uh, so my dad had this ring that a man gave him. 18 carat. I mean, it stood up off my... You know, finger about like that had a ruby in it. And I loved it. I'd sneak into my dad's room, get in his jewelry box, and I'd put that big ring on. Sneak out of there. <laughs> and I'd wear it around when he wasn't wearing it. Because, you know, in that day when the preacher wore a ring like that, the offerings went down. <laughs> I'd sneak that ring. He knew I had that ring. Oh, yeah, got the word got back to him. Your son's wearing your <laughs> ring. But... I washed and waxed my dad's car. I, I waxed his shoes. I shined his shoes before every Sunday morning. Unless it was going to rain, I detailed his car. Didn't ask Ted. Ted always got, Ted, Ted got the job of mowing the grass and getting poison ivy. <laughs> Ted had to have an anointing of healing just to cure himself of poison ivy. My brother Tiff took forever to clean and do things, and Terry was too small, so I was the perfectionist. So I, my dad taught me how to wash and wax cars and shine his shoes and do everything. And so he, he knew I did it with, with excellence in every fiber of my being in, in respect of him. So when he went to church, he had the most shiny shoes. His car looked spotless. I even vacuumed the trunk and washed out the engine compartment. Thank you very much. Soft bristled toothbrushes to take the wax out of the cracks. Oh, I did it all. My dad said, you like that ring, don't you, Tim? I said, yeah, Dad, I do. That might have been I was going to get rebuked. He said, well, listen, since I moved you kids around and you didn't get a class ring, he said, I'll just give you that. Oh, wow. Access. I didn't steal it. Borrowed it for a while. <laughs> he knew it, but ultimately he gave me that ring. I could tell you story after story, but for the sake of time, I'm going to draw this to a conclusion. We all like nice stuff. We all look, want to look nice. We all watch too many commercials. 
And you ladies subscribe to too many Vanity Fair magazines. And you, some of you men get rid of your GQ. You're better than that. And I'm not going to be wearing the latest style, which is now a skirt for a lot of men. I'm a man. Might not be a big one, but I'm a man. And I come to honor this man because Jesus said, Jesus didn't have his life taken from him. He gave it as an offering willingly. That's where free will offerings come from. Nobody's going to take anything from you today you don't want to give. We're going to bless you no matter what. This house deserves the honor. Not this building, this presence. This house is a presence. It's people. Everybody that comes in needs to hear about Jesus. How shall they hear without a preacher? How shall the preacher preach unless he be sent? How can he go to Meru in Kenya, Africa unless he be sent? Thank God for the sending. Many thousands of lives were touched, challenged, and changed because a man's anointed. And Jesus, uh, the Bible says, after he, he, he descended and then he ascended, but then the Bible says he gave gifts unto men, apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the perfecting or the equipping of the saints. I honor this man today for what God has done in he and Sister Phyllis's life. And the hard work, prayer, blood, sweat, and tears, only God knows and eternity holds what they have gone through for the call of God in Botkins, Ohio. Yeah. Only God knows. He may ask me, and they look pretty shiny now, but he may ask me to shine another pair that's not so shiny. Before I leave town, I'd even do that. Because I honor the gifts of God who give themselves sacrificially, lovingly to the people of the church. Can you say amen? amen. Hallelujah. Lift your hands and say, thank you, Lord, for your blessings. Thank you, Lord, for your blessings. My wife and I, and one more story. Can you handle one more personal story? Because I've lived this. I don't just preach it. I was just a young man, 23, I think, working with my father in Virginia Beach at a church, an Assembly God church. He couldn't afford to pay me, so I still lived at home. My dad uh, got enough money to pay me to make my car payment, and that was it. So I'm engaged to this beautiful woman from Canada. She's working a job in Canada, two jobs. She's working in a library at the university, and she's working at Sears, which was a little more high class than what we had at that time. She's working in the jewelry department. So I'm working. We had a guest speaker come to the church, and I had, I had opened a savings account for our wedding. And I had a, in that day, in 1979, 78, it was a substantial amount for me, probably a couple hundred dollars. <laughs> Oh, God, I'm going to get married. i got to have some money. Lord, help me. It's not coming in fast enough, and the wedding's coming too quick. So a guest speaker came to the church, and, of course, we received an offering for him. The Lord said, did I ask you to open that savings account? Who, who, who's that? You know, I'm, I'm, in the, I'm in the throes of the anointing and the word that the man of God had given I don't know if it was Dan Betzer or somebody like that was there. Lord said, did I ask you to open that account? 
no, Lord, but you know, I'm a responsible person. I'm getting married, and I have to take care of my wife, and I need you, and I'm telling him all this stuff like he doesn't know. We talk to God like he doesn't know. <laughs> Who's going to teach him anything? He said, what I want you to close that account. I want you to put all that money into this offering today. I want you to write a check, post it, whatever you have to do. The Lord loves a cheerful giver, and I'm not very cheerful. Okay, God, this is before the prosperity gospel or any preachers on TV, you know, that really take all. So the Lord's speaking to me, and I go, okay, because I knew I'd been taught, honor the Lord. And if he speaks to you, you'll know his voice, and you respond in obedience immediately. So I did, and I cried in pain. People see me crying, they thought I was getting blessed. No, I was in pain. Oh, God, she's going to leave me before she marries me. I put it in. It wasn't but a couple, three weeks later, she, gives, she calls me. Because the only time we could talk to each other was Saturday night late. And she called because the rates from Canada to America were cheaper. She called. We're talking, you know, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock at night. She goes, I got some news to tell you. Yeah? I hope it's good. Because what I got to tell you, and I don't really want to tell you. She said, you know, Timex, you know, I work at... Sears and Robux at the jewelry counter, and Timex is running, was running a contest. And I sold several watches, and my name was put in a drawing because I've been selling Timex watches, and they picked my name out for the grand drawing prize. I said, okay. I said, what is it? She said, well, I had to do a little mathematical equation. She's a smart girl. It was, it was nothing for her. And she answered it and said, well, we just want to let you know you have won the grand prize. What's that? It's, it's a trip for two. And they named the list of places to go. Trip for two. Or at the very end, or you can take the money, which is $2,000. Wow. What? Wow. That's awesome. See, I, I, I was working in the church. I was mowing grass. I was painting. I was doing all the stuff. I even cleaned the the bathroom one time because my dad said, son, every minister needs to learn how to clean a toilet. <laughs> God knows I hated that job. So I have a great appreciation for anyone who cleans bathrooms, especially the men's bathroom. I don't know too much about the other. Anyhow, she said, well, what are we going to do? I said, what do you think we should do? We'll take the money. She got a check for $2,000. Wow. I think at that time the uh, exchange rate was about the same. Anyhow, my dad had connections because of his travels to the Middle East and so on with a company, travel agency. So he got us um, tickets, free tickets to fly to Hawaii. Wow. And, uh, and then we had to pay $500 for the hotel for the week. We had 1000 left over to start our life. 19, well, we got married May 31st, 1980, 38 years, not, but just a few days ago. We started off with $1,000. The honeymoon was covered to Hawaii. Hallelujah. And so don't try to tell me that appreciation is not an access. Don't complain over an offering. How they're going to take my money again. We're not taking nothing that you don't want to give. 
God loves a cheerful giver. Don't give begrudgingly nor of necessity. Oh, if we don't do it, they're going to turn the lights out in this place. We better help them, Marge. You and Marge go to Cracker Barrel and have a good time on us. In Jesus' name. How many receive this today? Amen. Say it with me. Appreciation. Appreciation. Honor. Honor. Gratitude. 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 Gains me access Gain into the presence, into the, presence. The, power, the power, and the place of God. And I shall have my miracle. Hallelujah. Now, if you want a son, you're going to have a son. What is it you want from God? Today, we receive a thanksgiving offering for the anointing that's in this house. Not the building. I'm not sure what you owe on this building, but how many believe that this building could be paid off in three years or less? I haven't even asked the pastor what, what it is. I know it's probably substantial. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you who goes home with that burden, and debt is a burden. They go home with it. And I'm sure leaders in the church share that. They see that sometimes. He, he's not a man, he's a man of faith, so you'll never hear him complain about anything. He's glad that you all are here and that the blessing and the anointing is here. He's glad for the miracles that flow. The word that comes out of his mouth is anointed. And I'm privileged and I'm honored to be here today. I don't know why he'd asked me to come. But I appreciate this time to speak to you about this message. You receive it today? How many believe this is the day for the church to rise up? How many believe this is the day for the wealth of the wicked to be transferred to the righteous? For the upbuilding of the kingdom, the glory of God, the winning of souls, and Jesus will come. And he's coming soon. I don't know how you want to do this, Pastor. I don't know if you have an envelope, but I want you to... Uh, they're going to put buckets out. But this is for the church. I don't even attend here. This is only my second time to be here. And I'm not sure what's in my account. But if I'm going to preach this hard and sweat this hard, I'm going to pay that hard. Amen. So I'm going to sow a significant seed into the vision and the house and the gift and the anointing that's here. Amen. I can't do any less than $1,000 today, Sister Gwen, because I'm in it with you. I might pastor a church called Calvary Temple on the side of a West Virginia coal mine hill. You might be in the cornfield in Botkins, Ohio, but we're on the same team. And we carry the same heart and the same vision. And so I'm going to sow too. Praise God. I'm going to sow because I believe in this man and this woman. Amen. I even believe in Q over here, Mr. Quentin, we play golf with. I mean, he was hitting some pretty long balls last night. He finally got it in, 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 in a you know, rhythm. He started riding a cart with me and had some bad shots from some bad clubs. And he left me and went to his pocket. I couldn't even consult with him. He was so upset because of his badge. Because this man, this young man, likes to focus. He's a perfectionist. And he's like me, and I saw me in him last night. I said, I'm just like that kid.
and uh, then he got his papa's clubs and everything changed. And then he started popping that ball. And I was really first time I got to meet him. And he didn't know how to take me at first, so he was a little cool and standoffish. But as I was sowing into him words and said, man, that was a great shot with you. Man, that was awesome. That was great. <laughs> I mean, he's just skinny kid. He's just nailing it out there. And I kept saying stuff. Pretty soon he looked at me when I hit a good shot. He says, good shot, Pastor. <laughs> so what I sowed, I reaped. And he's a fine young man. Amen. I, I enjoyed playing with you. I, I didn't mean to embarrass you, but you, you'll get over it, you know. You yeah. Your papa, I'm sure, does that to you. How many are glad for this church? First of all, I want us to stand up and lift our hands and worship God and praise God for only believe ministries. You are only believe ministries. Not this carpet, not that pew. You are only believe. James Scott. Oh, I like that name. James Scott. Altar team. I like that. If devils come against this team, I got news for the devils, they lose. Because they have James Scott. And Peggy Scott. You are anointed as a team. And your name? Nita. And John. What's your last name? Kessler. Those are fine names, noble names. Praise God. So when people come to the altar, if you're here today and you have nothing to give, guess what? You're as welcome as the person who gives the most. Because you're here. And you're more to, you mean more to this church than any amount of money you could ever make in a lifetime. For what should it profit a man if he should gain the whole world and lose his soul? Or what would a man give in exchange for his soul? And I've got news for every one of you. If you're a visitor here, you don't understand this, don't worry about it. This service is on us. Just enjoy it. Don't feel any pressure to give. Because this church is going to survive. It's going to be debt-free. It's going to be blessed until Jesus comes. And, and anyone who comes through the door is going to be welcomed. No matter what status of life, no matter what their bank account says or doesn't say. This church is blessed. And we're blessed to have you walk through the doors no matter what you're going through. And before we leave, we want to pray for you. But I'm going to ask this church to do the best you can. Like the woman wealthy in 2 Kings. Built a room for the prophet. The centurion soldier built a church for people that weren't his. In honor of the anointing and the presence, the power, and the place of God. Are you ready? Just hold that up and wave and say, thank you, Lord, for Only Believe Ministries. This church is a church birthed out of a vision for souls, for the kingdom. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Sister Gwen, could you come? I want to I wanna be, since I'm the speaker today, I want to be, we want to be the first to give. Praise God. Yes. Hallelujah. I honor, I honor your gifts. And I honor the anointing that's in this church. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Father, we appreciate this house, this people, this visionary. In Jesus' name.